Hello. Hey, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How are you? I love that pregnant pause in the beginning while we wait for our Skype or whatever to call recorder to catch up, whatever it is that happens over there. It's not just me. No, I know it's not. It's a, it's a question. That's not just me? Uh, um, it's not just I, me. I don't know who it is. Who is it? Who does it? <laughs> I don't know who does that. Who does Hi. that? Who does those Hi. things? This is Robert Skype with an important message. <laughs> This is Susan Ecam. Mm. Hi. Thanks, Robert. My name is Susan Ecam. So what's new? What's the news? Oh, big, big doings, as my grandfather used to say. Yeah? Yeah. What? ABC canceled Roseanne. They did? They did. <laughs> I, I am aware that the new season came out. I heard that it was controversial or something in some way and it's just um, it's just weird and we're certainly going to be hearing a lot about it but let's talk about happy things here on our back to work program it's a big tuesday a big beautiful tuesday after a uh well depending on how many days you take off a three-day weekend oh they just canceled they lit literally like nine minutes ago uh, is, is literally the, just canceled it yes yes and boy mm. are we ever going to be hearing about it soon oof Oof, we can't talk about this stuff on this show. It's just that's what everybody's talking about. I'm having a coffee. I'm looking over uh, Twitter. I'm going to close that tab. Political Twitter is and up. I want to get on political Twitter. What do I do? How do I well, get on that? Well, the history of political Twitter is that... Is it a separate Twitter? Huh? Yes. Yes. It's a Twitter just for that. Yes. I will put it into show notes. Oh gosh! Now my wife's texting me about Roseanne. Uh-oh. Okay, um, she's uh, let's she's just talk a, about it. No, well, okay, <clears throat> okay, okay. Uh, so first of all, political Twitter, uh, political Twitter. Uh, this started with um, uh, my friend Max Temkin, who I po- uh, podcast another co-host with. Uh, he <laughs> he started a list of like uh, when he, during the election of people he was following to like be able to quickly dive into a fire hose of information about right. what was happening. And he, uh, we've talked about this a lot on Do By Friday. The origin was like, you know, he had a bunch of nuts in there because a lot of times the nuts will know about stuff that become a story before it's a story. Anyway, long story short, he has honed that list down. I've made my own list because he deleted his old list. And so I'll put it in show notes. It's basically on Twitter. And it's um, it's the people that I consider good to follow. Sometimes it's because, of, often it's because it's people whose reporting I really like. People from all the usual places like New York Times, Washington Post, Politico, um, some MSNBC, not much. I'm not looking for pundits as much as I'm looking for mostly reporters, a lot of law reporters. Um, and uh, I will put that into show notes. Dan, where would people find show notes for episode 378? Five by five. Five by five dot TV slash B as in brothers or bar. Bar. Two doors and bar. Two is in <laughs> the number. The bar hits you. <laughs> w as in women. As in we're racist. <laughs> slash three seven eight. Three seven eight. And, and no, I'm not I'm not saying this for clapping, but you know, that's the list that I follow and look at a lot okay. and get depressed about. And boy, is it ever blowing up today. Hi you. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it it is very it's very interesting um, from a media standpoint. So basically, Roseanne Barr has been a um, she's a very conservative person. She's also a, a person who uh, believes and shares a lot of things that people like me would consider conspiracy theories. 
things like the Pizzagate stuff and QAnon right. and all this kind of stuff. That's right. real fascinating to follow. If you haven't caught up with QAnon lately, have some fun. Really follow up on QAnon. Um, they, they think a lot of things. Um, but it's been interesting. Like, so her show has been the, I believe the highest rated show on ABC. It has been a, a breakout hit, um, in a way that we just haven't seen in a while, like a network show that went really, really, really big. And a lot of people on both sides of the, or all sides of the spectrum of political beliefs really like it and think it's fun. So on the one hand, there's the fact that she is a supporter of our current president uh, on the show, even though he's not mentioned very much. The mm-hmm. more controversial thing has been the things that she says in uh, interviews and things that she says very often on Twitter. And um, she said something – I'm trying to give this in a neutral way. She said something the other day that a lot of people considered very racist, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lot of kerfuffle about that. And, um, and ABC minutes ago just announced that they're canceling her show, which is – and it was uh, doing very well, the show, wasn't it? Doing extremely well. So, yeah, yeah I, wonder, I wonder why people think that it's okay to do something on Twitter or social media in general and that, that it won't affect the other aspects of their life, like the ones that bring them income. Like, you have to, you have to understand that, right? I mean, that seems sure. like if, if you say something racist on Twitter and you've got millions of followers, people will see that you've said it. And that might affect the the TV show that you have. Yeah, yeah, but um, I think this goes for anybody who expresses a point of view about politics, culture, um, civics. Even mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that I mean, you have to. I feel like you have to. It's useful to. Hmm, I'm trying to be careful about this because I don't want people yelling at me. Um, uh, I think it's useful to remember that nobody thinks they're wrong. There are very few people that are out on, out in the world, or even on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, uh, to, to specifically to be educated about what they might be wrong about. And everybody, everybody thinks they're right. And some people think they're really, 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 really right. And um, and again, I'm, I'm saying everybody. I think I'm right. I, I'm probably wrong about most things, but I like to think that I'm right. And so, on the one hand, you start off from that. I mean, you can tell me if you think that's true or not. Doesn't it seem that, you know, there, there are certainly a kind of academic debates, but everybody's got a dog in the fight in some way. Yeah. And then over time, it becomes almost like the troubles in Ireland or like in South Africa, where like you're fighting, you end up fighting these wars that hap- started a very long time ago. And it's one thing to say, well, you know, uh, yeah, of course we, we, we set off this bomb because you set off that bomb. And then we set off this bomb and everybody's keeping score. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have a particularly strong opinion to, put out about that right now, but I can't say from a, on a personal basis, if one believes that one is correct, if one believes that one is right, if one believes that one uh, has a uh, obligation to speak their truth, mm-hmm. um, they're going to do that. And I think people are still wrapping their head around the fact that that has consequences, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for terrible reasons. Sometimes there are just awful mobs of people who go after people, other people, um, and I think it's, it's, you're never really prepared for how heavy those kinds of attacks and ramifications can be. Right. Another article that I'll find for show notes, just from another POV, I guess, kind of is, um, a woman writing an article about what it's like to be attacked online by Elon Musk's flying monkeys. Oh, wow. Did you see that article? No, I haven't. Oh man, it is not pretty. But anyway, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is, um, you know, what is it? Uh, it was like, I think Anil Dash many, many years ago said, no, nobody's been ever, nobody's ever been fired for posting on their blog. And by that he just meant it's not blogs in that case or Twitter in this case. It's not the medium 
that's um, got you in trouble. It's what you said that got you in trouble. And then the fact that in that case, like if it's your employer, like we talked about with that listener who wrote into us a few months ago, you know, there, there are fair or unfair, there are ramifications for how people try to square what it is that you said versus how it makes your company look, how it makes your career look. And I, I, I guess it's, it's pretty, pretty uh, dangerous times. Yeah, it's, it, I I'm think, trying to be. I'm trying to be neutral about this. I no, I understand. I, I think I'm there's not trying to start a problem, but yeah, I think there's also something about the way that um, the way, how easy it is to tweet something. Unlike a blog, and and it's it's pretty easy to blog too, but mm-hmm. it's incredibly easy to just tweet something. You're at a stoplight, uh, or you're stuck in traffic, or you're sitting at lunch waiting for the person you're going to meet or whatever. And a little funny I thought or idea comes to your head and you just type it into the little window and hit submit and you're on to your next thing. It's very different from getting up on stage in front of people or sitting down to really compose a blog post or a post of some kind or write something in medium. You know what I mean? It's I do. It, and there's, a, there's a such, such a big difference. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, part of what you do, if you're trying to write persuasively and this has been true i think probably just about forever anybody who's trying to write something persuasively or you think about something if you're writing a paper for school um you know a a very very young person will just say well here's what i think um a more mature person or somebody who's who's more used to an academic environment will build into what they're saying this sounds so obvious but i think this is worth saying um how are people going to take what Am I being specific? Am I being uh, unambiguous in what I'm saying? Could this be read two different ways? Because generally, you know, in most straightforward writing, you don't want it to be ambiguous. If you're not a poet, you're trying to say something and you don't want, you know, you would leave out something that's a dumb pun. You would leave out something that could be uh, a word, a more, you, you know, where you could choose a more precise word that would get at what you want and wouldn't be misunderstood, right? All that kind of stuff. And, you know, and for most persuasive writing, a lot of what you're doing is preemptively thinking what the person, what the smartest person who disagrees with you would have to say about this, right? And I'm throwing back to you in a second, but I think, I think that's kind of what you're saying. Like if you write a blog post, you're going to be thinking through, hopefully, or whatever, an article, you're going to be thinking through like what, what are the weakest parts of your argument? What are the things that could be misconstrued or misunderstood? Are there things you can just leave out? Cause it's really not the point that you meant to make. Right. Whereas with social media, uh, this is not to apologize for anybody, but I've done this a million times where it was just bad timing where it was like, Oh, it didn't occur to me that somebody could read this as some kind of an arch, you know, a uh, subtweet about something that's happening. Right. Oh my God. You could think this is about a school shooting and that's not what I meant at all. Or if you post it all on a day that there was a school shooting, which is almost all the days nowadays don't at me. <sighs> and like you, you seem insensitive and you seem like you haven't thought it through and then you end up looking like a dingling. Yeah. I don't think there's, and it's become, it's people we mentioned about people reading it and, and thinking that it's a subtweet. That's something that still so, I mean, happens. Subtweet's a silly word, but yeah, it's that it's that it's an arch um, reference to something else. Yes. Right? Now, subtweet, I think, has come to mean that you're talking about somebody without mentioning their name. Right. I, yeah, I meant more of just like that you are, that the very fact that you're posting this particular thing at this particular time will be interpreted by people in many different ways, let alone the million ways you can interpret. Look at every photograph that's posted and how everybody sees a different thing in it and what it means and what it says about right. you. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's really um, 
it's a complicated time. I, I think it's very interesting, though. It's going to be interesting to hear why ABC decided to do this and to do this so relatively quickly. It's kind of amazing that with such a huge hit, such a you know rare yes, intensity yes, these days yeah. to have a network hit that big and to respond. And like, I think the backlash is going to be thunderous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our president will be doing one of his uh, freestyle rallies tonight. And you you know that's going to come up. Oh, yeah. This is what you learn if you follow my political Twitter, which yeah, you should well, I gotta, do. I'm going to get on there. Yeah, I don't know. I had to get on Instagram this week, so I see your watches now. They're all sold. Oh, including the Submariner Diver Weekender? 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 The Weekender? The Weekdater? Yeah, the week that's sold, but that's week not, the, that's not the, the Submariner. Nope. I, I don't, I don't yeah. have a Submariner. I'm just using mouth words. I don't know what any of these things okay. are. But, yeah. but so what, what brought you to Instagram? Welcome. I do it. Oh, it's Thank great. You. I love Instagram. Oh, I'll be there Instagram for almost is... one more day. Almost one more day I'll be there. What yeah. are you talking about? One more day. Uh, I don't need to be on Instagram. Instagram's um, the only one I'm on. I know. And I, and I understand so Same with, uh, with John Roderick. Uh, yes, I understand. I absolutely You've understand. You've got to stick around. Give it a shot. Why only one day? Yeah, no. Um, no. No. Um, no, but I see why people like it. You can see uh, Marco's cute dog. And you see lots of babies. I like the babies. I, like the, I, like, I would go with an all-babies Instagram, babygram. I would. Those totally are the, the the Marco's dog and babies are the two things I want to see the least of on Instagram. And and in fact, w- uh-huh. if I if I look and someone posts a picture of a baby, I I'm out. I'm gone. I'm, I'm, what is I'm it you want to see? Anything except dogs and babies. Really, you think there's too much of that? Anything except those things. I'm a big fan of both. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a follower of dogs just in the neighborhood. I'm a fan. I'm kind of like, you know, uh, I like to keep track of what the dogs are up to. I get concerned if I don't see a dog for a while. I wonder if it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's real creepy. It's real, real, real creepy. If it was a person, it would be a very odd thing to do. So, but um, yeah, I mean, can we turn this into a back to work topic? I mean, I guess we kind can of- Can we try uh, it? Let's do it. I don't know. Um, uh, don't call uh, black people uh, apes. So- <laughs> That's, that's the most back to work topic I've ever heard. <laughs> Pound sign creativity. Right. You know, there's one takeaway this week. Maybe you don't call black people apes. Yeah. Because that could be misunderstood. Right. You might mean you might mean that they're pretty smart as hominids go, but it could be misinterpreted yeah. by certain uncharitable readings of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a huge. You're on Instagram. Yeah, that's huge. That's bigger than I, the Roseanne news. Yes, yes, and I will be there for at least. Why only a show? Oh, you're doing something for that show. It's a challenge. I okay, was challenged. Okay. I have the challenge was I have to get an I had to get an account on Instagram, and now I have to post something called an Instagram story. So uh, story is the worst. Story appears to be when you have a photo and it goes away, and that's a story. Do you want to? Yes, I, I mean that's not wholly inaccurate what's the, what's the most okay i haven't done my instagram story yet what's a fun thing i could do you can make i can make a video right here's is let me what? let me explain the notion of the story as i understand it okay started out as a snapchat thing right when, yes so when instagram okay. first started they it was all about sharing pictures and it was a lot of fun and it was just pictures and then snapchat came about and they had i think was theirs called stories also i don't even know but it was um it was the, the the concept was you would post little pictures and videos which you could annotate and put other fun quote unquote fun things on like you could put a little cloud that oh, would show the weather. Oh, this is where people put stickers on stickers and stuff, and stuff like that. Yeah. I saw a man do this at a baseball game and I thought he was insane. Yeah, that's what he, he was, was making an Instagram story. He was insane. 
And he said pound sign giants, and he turned it a little bit. Yeah. And so he he did what what lots of people were doing, and and this became the concept of a story. And so Instagram very quickly launched stories, and the fact that they added stories to their own software, and the fact that Instagram is already straightforward and easy to use and wasn't weird the way that Snapchat was was, weird. It was kind of like the one thing they didn't have, right? Right. So they put that in, and, and a lot of people are doing stories. And so basically, the idea behind a story is your regular photos on Instagram are supposed to be uh, eternal and beautiful and capture the moment perfectly and last forever, which is not mm-hmm. apparently not appealing to millennials at all. Mm-mm, um, mm-mm. And uh, curated is, is I think the right word. It's that you're not just going to post a picture of like your friends goofing at lunch. You're going to post a perfect picture of the meal of the dish with the yeah, little blur you show effect. Your, and, your dog eating your latte art. Right. And, yeah. and, and so the story is the opposite of that. The story is, Something that is, instead of being there forever, like a regular photo, it's there for just a few seconds or a few minutes or a day. And after that, pick, it's gone. Do you pick gone. how long it's up? Um, no, I think they all go away in 24 hours. But what's okay. nice about that is if you want to just put something up there that's not super curated and fancy and just right. And it's more like, this is a behind the scenes shot of, you know, this I'm sitting drinking coffee before I go okay. on stage. It's like they put that up or there's a little video of people doing it's a little thing. It's more ephemeral. Very ephemeral moments. Okay, so I've added a link to notes from the uh, website Instagram, and it's how do I share a photo or video to my Instagram story? And I will do that today. I will do an Instagram story. Please don't follow me on Instagram. But I'll tell you, I can be there for long. Let me. Yes, you will. I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why I don't like stories. Okay. Uh, I believe that stories in and of themselves is just fine. I, I in selfs. I never look really at stories. Almost, almost across the board, I'll never look at a story. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not interesting to me. I don't really care what people are doing, but the reason that uh, they're, they're actually a detriment to Instagram as a whole, and the reason is, instead of, uh, instead of sharing something that, uh, that is, is good and that is meant to last, people are now just doing their stories. They're not okay. posting the regular photos anymore. So, so. so Instagram is, in that sense, more like Flickr. I mean, Instagram yes. regular is yes. more like, this is a photo I want to endure. Absolutely. Oh, and they don't have to be square anymore, huh? Nope, they don't. Oh, look at that. Okay. More reasons for you to stay. But look at a guy. I follow, I follow the, uh, the actress and famous person, Chrissy Teigen. She's got a really cute picture of a baby. It's a kid and a baby. And the baby has little, little baby feet. It's really cute. Yes. And, and she probably posts stories about the baby, you know, crawling down the hall and spilling its juice that'll yes. be gone in a, in a day. And so the problem is that people are doing more of those and less of the regular thing. And, and right. um, you know, what, what made Instagram a whole lot of fun, I thought, was the really cool pictures. And, uh, and I feel like stories are polluting that. But, you know, people like the no, stories. No, I, I, so I feel you. Yeah, that's, it's degrading the, uh, the experience. Um, so that's good. Yeah, I'll make a story. Um, do, 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 do. got a couple things, got a couple things. Um, I just wanted to mention in passing an episode of a podcast went up today that I was a guest on, uh, that's relevant, uh, somewhat to our, to our listeners. I was on a show with, uh, Jason Snell and David Sparks called free agents and just talking about the stuff I don't talk about so much anymore. You know, the, um, working on your own kind of stuff that's in show notes. Um, I, you know, I, I have a, I have a weird thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, can I bring up a weird thing? Yeah, go ahead and call her. Okay. Thank you. Uh, first time Amazoner. So, do you, you know about the problem of fake Amazon reviews? I do know about that problem. Well, you know that you know that 
there are a lot of, or have been historically, a lot of fake reviews on Amazon. To the, I mean, I guess, I guess the impact for me with this is it's really difficult to be able to say, okay, here's two products, or here's three products that look roughly the same, mm-hmm. and one of them, you know, has like four stars and sixty five reviews. One of them has five stars and eight thousand reviews. Well, obviously, you would want to get the one that's the five stars right. and the eight thousand reviews, of course. But a lot of those are paid. A lot of those are. Um, Things like where like somebody's gotten the the product for free and then reviewed it, and apparently there's been a dust up even with stuff like you know the Am- something you used to be able to trust like Amazon verified reviewers. Amazon has tried to do this in the past by saying things like oh this is one of our top 100 reviewers or whatever. There's all that kind of stuff. But there was an article in the Washington Post that I put in show notes that was really interesting. It's called how how merchants use Facebook to flood Amazon with fake reviews, and it's been kind of a hot topic lately because you know as Basically, Amazon has banned paid ads on there. And so what's happened is it's kind of gone underground. And now there are these groups on Facebook where you can essentially like outsource the writing of these reviews. Uh, and it's it can be very difficult to – if you're really just there to look at one thing, you're not ready you – know, you're not – you just want some Bluetooth headphones. Like you're not there to play Sherlock Holmes for four hours. It's difficult to know. Um what you should be suspicious about, whether this is something you should be suspicious about. But you've heard, you know that this is a problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of gross. And I wanted to mention two things, one of which I talked about before here, but I want to mention two really neat things that have matured nicely that are, that can be very useful for evaluating stuff on Amazon. So if you're thinking about buying something, if it looks, you know, oh, then the other problem, of course, on Amazon is like all these uh, problems with like um, knockoffs. There's a lot of stuff that looks legit, but you know, this is a setting aside people who like um, – it looks like you're buying a um, welcome mat, but it's actually like a printed out photo of a welcome mat. Setting aside that kind of silliness, there's just like lots of like fake stuff. And apparently this is a big deal in electronics in particular. And I wanted to mention two things I put into show notes that I found really helpful. We've talked about fake spot before. I feel positive we've talked about fake spot. Right? Yes. I'm just going to see if I can find fake spot, the exact episode that we talked about. Yeah. Right? Because I think we had some fun with it. And Two, it. it looks like we have talked about Fake Spot twice. Okay. Uh, the first time was in episode number 287, You Are Now Cleared for Salad, back in <laughs> 2016. And then title. again in episode 293, The Frame for Our Relationship, where we talked about it again. And we might have talked about it more, but I'll put those. That was that was one of the, uh, the artworks where I had the MSG. And the, and the oh, little, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to mention um, an addition and an update. Oh, um, number 305. Whoop. Uh, quadruple down. Quadruple down. Mm-hmm. We Not talked about it then, too, on Fake Spot. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, first of all, I want to mention that Fake Spot is a pretty cool site where you go in, and it, it's real easy. You just go paste in. Uh, the easiest way is if you're on an Amazon page on the web, you copy the URL and paste it. Uh, into their little box and hit analyze, and it does a pretty good analysis of of uh, what's in there. What I wanted to add is that Fixbot I didn't realize um, has an iOS app and uh, an extension you can get. The iOS app is really cool because it's one of those iOS apps that doesn't really quote unquote do anything, yeah. but it provides an extension. So if you're on a web page um, on your iOS device, as I am an increasing amount of the time, you can do a fake spot search from the extension, the little pop-up arrow boy. You can uh, do a search. But it also works from within inside the Amazon app on iOS. Okay. 
So you'll notice somewhere on the page, usually not hidden exactly, but usually a couple scrolls down, you'll see the little share button on the Amazon detail page in the app. And if you click that, the extensions become available. Oh, nice. And you can run FakeSpot right on that. And uh, it's a pretty neat job of going, and you can try it for yourself and see. I think you've tried it before. So while I was doing that and learning about that and reading these articles, I learned about a new one, or new, new to me, one of these. Have you seen Review Meta? Hmm. So go to ReviewMeta.com. ReviewMeta.com. I'm there. And this one gets real deep. There's algorithms all the way down with this stuff. <laughs> it's real cool. So like I'm seeing you, so like just for example, you go to like recent reports. Okay. Um, and you can see just by looking at the, at the little thumbnail that it shows you like what, what the biggest problem with the reviews is likely to be. So click on one of those. All right, I'm looking at the RCA RP five four three zero AM FM clock radio with one point four inch display and auto time set discontinued by manufacturer. Womp womp. And look at that detail page. How cool is this? So first of all, the veil it says unnatural unnatural reviews reviews detected. (laughs) And right above that, brigade warning: our algorithm has detected a large amount of suspicious negative reviews. Learn more about review brigades, and it takes you to that. But then go down to the report card, and I like the way that this does a little bit of science. So review – the thing I really like about Review Meta, and if you go read their FAQs, if you're as lame as me and you go and read FAQs for a meta review site, uh, they're not here to tell you that this is a good product or a bad product. They're really trying to just run the science on this. Mm-hmm. And the science on this is, well – you know, it's a little bit like the way Google got good. It's like we're able to tell when there are clusters of low-quality things happening. Like this is a person who has left a lot of reviews like just this one product or they leave just this kind of product or they're part of this you know, uh, cohort of people who have all left similar reviews. So they're basically gathering a huge amount of data and analyzing how likely it is that there's something kind of suspicious happening. Substantial use of repetitive phrases, an overrepresented uh, word count, um, and I, I, I've been kind of obsessively playing with this. And as with FakeSpot, this also has a, uh, an extension. I don't, think they, I don't know if they have an app on iOS, but I, I have their extension installed. And what's cool is once you've installed the extension in Chrome, if you go to any Amazon page, it's sort of like the fake follower thing. As soon as you bring up a detail page, you get a little thing up in your, um, what do you call it, a little icon for the extension, and it shows you what the adjusted... Uh, star rating for this would be once mm. you account for all this stuff. I'm I thought this was really handy. neat. And, and they're really providing a lot of detail here. Lots and lots and lots of charts and graphs and this is kind of scientific and really cool. Yeah, that's the part that I found so interesting about it. Is like I say, I mean, it's one thing to say like, oh, this is a good product, this is a bad product. I like the fact that they're taking a different point of view about it to say like, well, here's what the, here's what the data says about this. And apparently, again, according to that Washington Post article, there are certain kinds of products on Amazon where um, I think they mentioned Bluetooth headphones or Bluetooth devices in general. This has historically been a problem. All the health stuff. Like, think about all of the health related things, whether it's boner medicine or baldness cures or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, you're very likely to see um, some suspicious activity with stuff like that. Because, you know, if you've got some kind of like baldness cream, and it's got a five-star review. Like, why wouldn't you buy it? Obviously, it must work. I don't know. I don't know if it's interesting to other people. I just think it's, it's fun to go in and look at. Uh, and it's a nice example of what, 
what you can do with you know open data sets and i don't know i guess they do this must do this through an api have you ever gone and put in something like that you have ordered and seeing and then like maybe that you were unhappy with and oh let me go see if it like matches up because i just put something in there uh that uh we recently is ordered something the, you can share yeah the odoric medical digital oral thermometer for kids and adults 10 sec fast and accurate reading basal temperature thermometer with fever indicator by mouth rectal underarm fde and ce approved mm-hmm. it was a thermometer digital thermometer for 899 899 from odoric yes okay let's go have a look and uh, it looks it, like it hasn't been updated in a while it let's gave it a to- fail interesting no kidding and it says unnatural reviews likely but it is only a preliminary report but it says fail suspicious reviewers fail reviewer ease fail phrase repetition fail overlapping review history i'm gonna click on that button that says update available yeah and what that'll do is that that was um last run on february 9th and so now let's see if it's updated. Because the truth is, over time, these tend to get better because Amazon is, you know, they got a reason to want to, like, get this stuff better. It makes them look bad, right? They're going to they're gonna have to deal, uh, apparently, with Amazon returns have become a big deal. They're banning some people for too many returns. They want to minimize the amount of that stuff. They don't want somebody getting a picture of a welcome mat title. Um, <laughs> Wait, <is> this- <laughs> Oh, oh, it's dropped down. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. Not good. Very bad. Suspicious reviewers, phrase repetition... But then it also goes in and they're able to glean what they would call the most trusted review and the least trusted review. Go to full review. Suspicious reviewers. Approximately 25% have previously deleted reviews, posted all the reviews on a single day, phrase repetition. Anyway, I, I, I don't know why. This is pro- probably really off topic, but I thought it was really interesting. I spent uh, some of my uh, Memorial Day weekend trying to find uh, fake reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Well, it's, it is, so it you're is supposed to rest and relax. It's a good good way to do I it. I did. I had some, I had some relaxation. Uh, what did we do? We had, it was pretty chill. We watched some basketball. We hung out. Uh, had some food. Uh, you know, did did a couple little family uh, outings. It was nice. Well, I, I have uh, two two recommendations to make um, for for Netflix shows. Oh, good. We love these. What are your recommendations? Now, please remind me. Have we already talked about Lost in Space? No. Okay. I watched the first few minutes. I thought it looked really good. Okay. I was actually like put off by the first like 20, 30 minutes of the first episode. And I, I was like, oh, it's not scientifically. And, uh, but, but I continued to watch it. And I watched this full season uh, with my wife and I just watching in the evenings after the kids were in bed. And we really enjoyed it. I really, it really grew on me. And by the end of it, uh, I was, I was really into it and really loved it. Uh, and then, of course, because it's, you know, I, it's a very much a family friendly show. There's a, the S word a couple times. I think that's about it. Um, it looked, it looked very kid, even like, um, targeted. Yeah, I think it is. And, uh, and so, um, my, you know, there's, there's a part that's a little scary, but not very scary. Uh, but my 10 year old and my six year old both wanted to watch it. So I watched it with them. And we watched a handful of episodes over the holiday weekend, and uh, they just finished it. I watched it with them, and they really, really liked it. And so I would say if if your kids are tough enough to handle the S word two or three <laughs> times over the course of 10 hours, um, then then I highly recommend it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's really good. The, the production quality is fantastic. The effects yeah, are great. Yeah. The characters 
um, really evolve as characters over the course of the the ten episodes. There's not really a single character who doesn't change in a way that seems realistic and nice, and um, and so I recommend it. Even even the villain or villains in the show. Um, do go through a changing process and you do understand their motivations. And, uh, and of course it's got Parker Posey in it, who is delightful as an actor and, uh, and really fun. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, I just, I, but the little, the little kid, Will, the one that plays Will Robinson, he's, yeah. he's great. And, uh, one of his sisters, there's two sisters, June and Penny, both of them are, but I'll tell you what, uh, these kid actors are going to be, they're so good. And like, they're all going to continue on to great things, but, and they are doing a second season of it too. So it's one that I think if you invest in it now and it ends, it ends with a bit of a cliffhanger and it's just a a really fun show for the whole family. So I, I recommend it. And, um, that sounds like a, that sounds like a great pick. The second thing that my son discovered, I didn't even know was there is star Trek, the original, uh, the original three series, three seasons of the original Star Trek, one, two, and three, are on Netflix now. Oh, really? And my son found this, and he's like, Dad, they got Star Trek. I'm like, okay, are you interested in that? He's like, yeah, sure, I'll, you know, I'll watch it. And he didn't really know, I mean, he, he knew who Spock was, and that was about it. And mm-hmm. so we, uh, so I, of course, am cherry-picking episodes to use to introduce them, but they've, uh, both kids have been, really enjoying these episodes that I remember watching when I was their age. And, yeah, you know, sure. like it would be on syndication every night and it'd be like six thirty PM or six o'clock. There'd be like an episode of star Trek. And we'd wa- I remember sitting down to like spaghetti and meatball dinner and watching this, you know, like as a little kid. And, uh, and so they're getting interested in too, except my daughter. I don't think she totally knows who is who there's a lot of talking and, uh, and she keeps saying, who's the main character. And I'm the like, pacing of these shows feels so slow by today's Yes, standards. it really does. And and uh, so, of course, you know, in one of the episodes, um, it was uh, the episode uh, was uh, season two, episode four, Mirror, Mirror, which is where the uh, several crew members of the Enterprise, uh, due to some kind of magnetic storm taking place, uh, get switched oh, with yeah. their e- the counterparts in an evil mirror universe, and this was the first time I think that like the mirror universes were a thing for the general like the, public. The bad, the bad, the bad twin. Yeah, so this is where Spock has the beard, and uh, and they wear sort it's of like cool. they have like knives on their belts, and they wear like sashes because sashes are evil, and Ooh. you know, and like you get to you know go to this other world where like the way that you get promoted in rank is by assassinating your, the guy who's ranking above you. And so, uh, so they watched this and they enjoyed it. And at, at one point, you know, the phasers, if you use a phaser, when you, you shoot the guy, he doesn't like, it's not like star Wars where the, you know, the blaster hits you and you're like, Oh, I'm hurt. Maybe I can survive in this. Like the phaser, you just go and you, you glow for a second and then you're, you've disintegrated. You're completely gone. And uh, my boy is like, he's like, where where are they going? I said they're they're dead at that point. He's like, oh, they're just disintegrated. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's not a very good effect. And I'm like, what? he's like, I thought they were being transported somewhere else. I'm like, no, nah, they're they're full on dead. He's like, oh, okay. Well, it's that 1967. That he makes didn't really more have sense. The skills. <laughs> right. And uh, and and so like you know the whole thing with the with transporters. He he immediately was like into the transporter thing and. 
and uh, has he has lots of questions that you know, and it really like it's very easy to poke holes in the plot lines of these episodes way more than I remember. Like I back in the what seventies eighties when I was watching these, like you know, there was a lot of tension and like what's what's going to happen, and it seems like my kids have both become so like the, you were saying the pace. The pacing of the shows, it's so much slower and there's so much more talking. And, uh, but you know what they did? And I, I want to, I don't know if this is okay. I don't know how to feel about this. And maybe you can help me. Hmm. They have, uh, for, for the ones that are on Netflix, seasons, first uh, three seasons on Netflix, they have redone all of the exterior space shots oh right they remastered them with new i've heard about this right so instead of seeing the old enterprise which looks very much like a model they have used computer graphics to recreate it it no longer looks like a model it still looks like the old enterprise but it's it's a computer effect now and so one of the episodes we were watching was the one that had the uh, one of your favorites merlin i know the the um the one with the uh tholian web Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in that episode, um, it, uh, there, the Tholian ships create this web for lack of a better term, a grid sort of in space around the, uh, enterprise to sort of contain it. Now the, um, the enterprise is sort of, uh, it's been damaged at this point. So it's not like they can get out of the web, but it, it takes the full hour for the Tholians to construct the web. And of course there's a new effect. The Tholian ships don't look like they used to. The web doesn't look like it used to. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm feeling like, like should he be seeing this? Should he really be seeing the newer effects? Does it somehow take away from the mystique? Did we really need new effects? Were the effects so bad? It's all, it's all the space stuff. They, they redid it and they, didn't they do it in like HD? I think it is HD. Yeah, I mean, it looks so good. That's, that's kind of that must seem kind of strange because you still have the, like the shaky doors opening. You do, and all yeah. That you have stuff. that, and then they'll they'll show. So, like one of the things that they that they do is whenever they show the viewer the main main view screen, um, which is how they see things in space. Like the whole set looks old so and it's crappy. A space windshield, right? And like everything in the space windshield looks brand <laughs> new and super high quality. I'm like, uh, okay, like. And I kind of like, I'm worried that I'm like, he should be seeing the original in some way. Right. Anyway, it's a ninth, ninth episode of uh, season three in case you want to get caught up with that. Yeah. I don't know. I get mixed feelings about that because, um, I mean, it's, I guess an extreme example of that is, um, what George Lucas did Mm -hmm. with the Star Wars movies. Exactly. But it's, it's, I guess you try to fix the thing that's least difficult to fix. It gives you a reason to sort of like get people interested in seeing it again. But I wonder what fan reaction is like people who've enjoyed it for decades. I wonder how they feel about well, it. I mean, I don't like it, but it, you know, the other weird thing about it is like, they didn't improve the effect of the phaser weapons. They didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like there's yes. nothing else has changed. It's just the exterior shots of the ship. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, we know everything kind of sucks, but we can fix the ships. So let's fix the ships. I don't know. I don't, I didn't think it was necessary. I like, the nostalgia and the old fashioned look of the exterior yeah, of the old sure, ships. I, sure. I, I didn't feel like we needed that. Well, you know, it's weird. You see in the age of HD, it's, it's easy to forget what a difference HD means. So like, for example, um, any chance you've seen any watch, gone back and watched Seinfeld in the last few years. Yes. Um, something uh, is, that's difficult to miss 
and I'm, I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm going to tell you my my apprehension of this is that the show was shot probably on film or you know shot on like very high quality whatever it is like the internal uh, inside shots all look pretty good even for 480 they look fine <laughs> right but you but you can tell they did something where it doesn't look terrible on an HD screen but the second unit stuff was shot so low res really so not necessarily like the picture of monks but like the people but like if there's just a little <laughs> scene where there are like there's nobody nobody from the cast it's total second unit stuff where somebody just shot some some shots of manhattan <laughs> it's farcical i mean it, it looks like a jpeg from really? like 1998 it's really really bad and really sticks out i mean and sometimes you'll see stuff that's like in different aspect ratios and all this sort of stuff because that because that's what they had <laughs> yeah that can be really jarring <laughs> yeah but, I don't know. It's it's sort of sort of strange. I mean, um, so would you prefer that you be able to see a cleaned up version, a good looking version that maintains the old space effects? If you could, I would. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was some like you're talking about. Maybe there was some like technical reason that they had to do it. Like it looked so bad on the transfer. But I don't know. I like the old effects. I think that was there was very charming about them. I don't know. I didn't. I never felt like that wasn't good enough, and we needed to you know fix it yeah didn't seem like it needed fixing i don't know but it he's, seems he's still I'm, he's still he's enjoying the show yeah he loves the show and he does i haven't told him that they read the effects i don't want to ruin hmm. it for him what was okay star trek there it is yeah yeah they're on netflix yeah it's funny the, the pacing thing is definitely a, a, a huge issue um with movies and tv really into the 80s and 90s and it's it, TV has changed so much. I know it. When we go back and watch stuff, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of things that we've watched. But I mean, shows that we like a lot and watch over and over. Stuff like, as a family, we watch The Good Place, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it is so fast paced. You could even go back and watch like a Next Generation episode or Voyager. They're practically leisurely. I mean, really? so little happens. I mean, they're, they're good. Like, there's some Voyager <laughs> episodes I like a lot, but yeah. they're very slow paced. Yeah. And, you know, I think for kids, it's almost like watching something black and white where it's just, it feels like it's a neutered version of a TV show. Right. I, I'm so curious. And, like, I've asked my kids about it, what they think of, like, a stuff like this, because I can only think about the shows. Like, when I was a little kid growing up, a lot of the shows that were on TV during the daytime if I was ever home from school or like in the summer or whatever, <laughs> like Gomer Pyle and Mr. Ed and, you know, Gilligan's Island and things like yeah, that. And some, like some, I dream of Jeannie. Oh yeah. Like, they, those would all be at least a few black and white seasons. Right. And, and like that wasn't, it, it just meant to me like, Oh, that's a little bit older, but like, what are they thinking when they see black and white today? Like, what is that? Like, why, you know what I mean? Like, it, Oh it, no, I know it's, it's, it's hard. It just, it's, I mean, I wonder if it's almost like when we would watch silent movies as a kid. Yeah, yes, which, it has to be were, like that. Which were usually very damaged. They were run way too fast. Right. And they didn't have talking in them. Right. Where it was like, this is an oddity that you can watch. Like, okay, you got to eat your vegetables and watch this Charlie Chaplin movie. I'd, okay, fine. I'd rather watch Tom and Jerry, but sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Did you ever get that um, PBS show in the 80s? Oh God, what was it called? Something like Masters of the Silver Screen or something like that. It was a real, it was a real brainy show. It actually originated at USF, uh, out of USF in Tampa, and it was yeah. a really good, like mostly silent movies series where the guy would commentate on the movie throughout it. No, I, I don't think I've seen that. I think you know, for for people of our generation, it really felt like an oddity to watch yeah. something black and white in the wrong speed and like you know Keystone Cops. Where uh, now you can get like 
really good cleaned up copies of stuff like the general like the buster keaton movie that have been cleaned up and have been speed corrected and it's it is a pretty different experience but i imagine it's like that it must just seem very very strange to them yeah and i was expecting you know like him to be put off by it like instantaneously but i like this is this isn't for me you know like but he they they like it both kids seem to like it i gotta show them the tribbles episode i think maybe that'll hook my little girl a little bit more Trying to think of other good ones. You know, I mean, it's not a typical episode, but God, I'm such a normie. But the, um, what's the one? City on the Edge of Forever. That's that's still some pretty good TV. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Have you jumped into the show, the Who Was show yet? No. Um, I, I, I know about it because it popped up in our suggestions. I also know about it because um, Elliot Kalin from the uh, Flophouse writes for it. Um, after I think after MST3K, he worked on this next. Oh, cool! I think, um, but it looks really cool. It looks like so. Look up uh, who was show. It's got Andy Daly. Um, from I think it's Andy Daly, isn't it? Pretty sure Andy Daly's on there. The Who Was Show. Yeah, but it's like a kids' history show. But it's supposed to be really fun. Todd said his kids really liked oh, it. Look at that. I wonder if it might be fun for your daughter. I'll put that in the list. Yeah, she, I think she'd love that. Just looking at what this looks like. What else she found, and again, this is another thing that bothers me. So the the, the girl, one of the two girls in uh, Lost in Space, her name is Penny. Mm-hmm. Penny. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, and I, I do they have a doctor? What's his name? Doctor Doctor Smith. Yes. Do they have a Doctor Smith? Yes. Uh, they have. Is a, he? Is he? Da, they have. A, is he a fussy fay old man? <laughs> no. Uh, do you want me to tell you? No, no, don't tell me. Don't okay, tell me. but you anyway, go ahead, Penny. Uh, Penny, the actress who plays Penny is adorable. She's great. And, um, and so I was, I was telling my daughter, I said, uh, something like it, you know, she's pretty cool. She did some cool things and, and, uh, and she was talking about her and I said, um, I said, in a way she kind of reminds me of, of Penny from inspector gadget just a little bit. Uh huh. And, and she said, uh, you know, she said, Oh, uh, I I think I've seen that, and I said, yeah, you know, we can we can find some of the old Inspector gadgets. I said, Penny had a cool uh, dog named Brain, and half the time, more than half the time, she was the one that was actually solving all the all the. Uh, it was kind of a Hong Kong Fu situation, yeah, totally right? like Hong Kong Fu situation. But was it Don Adams? Did, did Don Adams do the voice? I feel like he did. Don Inspector Don Adams from Get Smart didn't he do Inspector Gadget? It sure does sound like him, and if it wasn't him, I will be yeah, shocked. yeah, yeah. Um, he retired in from it in ninety nine. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, he was great. So the you know, and I was I was explaining like the very first episode of Inspector Gadget. My son, every single time Inspector Gadget is mentioned or on TV, he's like, in the first episode, he had a mustache. Why do you have a mustache? And in none of the other ones, he had it. I said, well, I said I think they were kind of basing it off of Inspector Clouseau slash oh, Get Smart course. a little bit. Look at that! Even on the D, I'd never seen him with a mustache. No, it looks but horrible. On the, like show art, the show art poster, he's got a mustache. He looks it's, totally like Clouseau. Yeah, and uh, <sighs> and 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 so I, I think they they got rid of it because of that. He didn't need he didn't need it. But so my daughter says, "Oh, I want to try and watch it." I said, "Okay, I'll find it for you." And then I I came home the other day, and she's sitting there watching some kind of show that was inspector gadget but it was done in like that really bad cg that they do oh, kids no, shows no, no, in no, now no. and it's I all know exactly what you it's mean. redone Ugh. it's like if you if you ever watch like one of these other shows that she watches uh that it that it like if uh 
present. I know Dan. exactly what you mean. It's like each iteration gets worse. Same thing happened with Fireman Sam, which <sighs> was this uh, this really good Welsh show that like used oh to yeah, really I know good. that one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Sam is the hero next yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. But the guy, it got uh, <laughs> Norman Price. Anyway, uh, they, it got real dumb. They redid it as CG, and it looks so cheap, so bad. It it's so not, cheap. and it's it's that kind of CG that like. I was going to say, if, if present Dan went back in time to before past Dan had ever had kids and said, one day you're going to let your daughter watch this horrible Barbie show or watch this horrible Tinkerbell show. great. Show. Yeah, they're all right. But like the anime, I don't like the quality of oh, the right, anime. Right, right, right. You know? yeah, I, I think it's funny. But yeah, you're right. That animation is like I would. I'd be like, there's no way you're going to let that happen. But, you know, it's yeah. like an Inspector Gadget like that. And it, I oh, just Oh, yeah. Don't. Look, he had exactly one episode. Uh, with the mustache floss yeah i'm adding mental floss i'm adding this to the show no it's back to work next okay 18 things you might not know about inspector gadget i think generally with animation uh this is not a kind thing to say anytime you see something that's not understandable it's for budget reasons oh look at that he's got five fingers though that's interesting did he not always have five well almost all cartoon characters have four fingers huh and gloves yeah i knew i knew about i knew about that with like the like the Simpsons? The Disney stuff and the Simpsons stuff, yeah. Remember the, the four-finger discount? <laughs> yeah. We just watched one the other day. It was a Treehouse of Horror where Homer was eating his own body, and it was very, very upsetting. To you or oh. to, to the kid? Well, she thought it was gross, too. She couldn't watch. He grills. He starts to grill a hot dog, but then he ends up cutting off his finger, and he decides to grill it and eat it. Then he eats his leg. It's really, really upsetting. Mm. Sounds like I'm missing stuff. out. Dan, um, mm. did you have anything this week to tell me about that you like? I would like to tell you all about Eero. Eero? Really? Yeah. Oh, God, I love Eero. You know, I mean, I, I think it's worth mentioning that Apple announced that they're not making the uh, the airports anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And so a lot Mm-mm. of people have, have come to me and people like in, in real life friends who have had one and wanting to and, and had actually been holding out hoping to replace it with something new and now they're saying well now what am i going to do right and uh and i've been recommending eero for a long time i've got one at work now because they we're in a shared office space like we, i have my own little office here but uh we use the floor's internet connection and we've been using their wi-fi forever and it's been so crappy that i finally just hauled off and <laughs> bought an eero and i have an eero here at work uh, just for my own small little office, but I have it here because it's it's so reliable, it's so much better, and it it completely changed the game here, like it did in my house. We had uh, we had dead spots in the house upstairs, half the upstairs we couldn't get any connection. The speed was really horrible, and switching to Nero just it solved all of those problems. And they have the the second uh, generation of Eero is what's out right now, and it is just awesome the improvements they've made are awesome it's so fast it's so reliable that we can get a connection out in the backyard now and it's it's just basically what what they've done is they've made the what i think is the most elegant straightforward easy to set up and easy to use system oh, it's it, so easy it's easy to maintain you don't it, have to do yeah anything. it updates itself uh it, I, like, had a, I bought an extra beacon for my garage what's, so a, what's have, a beacon Oh, sorry. I should explain. Well, here's the deal with this new generation and the multi. See, they wanted you. They, they tell us to tell you all this stuff you don't care about, right. like all the gigahertz radios and the doorbell lines right. and the dingo, ding dong, ding dong, aliciouses. Right. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, Hero. What they care about is you get this hub, you plug it in, you plug in this thing called a beacon, which just plugs right into your wall, literally into your wall. It'll even give you advice on if there's a better place you could put it. 
It comes with a nightlight if you want it. Uh, but anyway, you just plug these things into outlets around your house and, or in your garage if you're a weirdo like me. And now I have a, a, um, a four unit network, a mesh of all through my house. So I could be out in the backyard. I could be taking out the trash and like wherever I go, I'm getting really, really, really solid internet. That's amazing. And they just introduced their uh, their app is the best. I always love to talk about their app. It's really fun to use. It automatically does a bandwidth test every day. Um, it lets you know if there's stuff on your network that you don't recognize. If you're like me, you can go in and name all of your devices and give them cool emoji like I do because I'm a weirdo. And I don't know if they told you to say this because I don't have the copy in front of me, but they just recently introduced Eero Labs, which is where they're going to be rolling out new things they're testing uh, to let people try to do. So, I mean, this feels like a very actively maintained, very good that sounds silly. I'm damning with faint praise. It's just you go, you buy this thing, and you plug it in, and then you get internet everywhere. That's all you need to know. That's all you got to know. No, so do you have to say all this stuff? You got to talk about the gigahertz radios yeah, and the they, thread they, lines? Yeah, they make us say that. I know, so. they make us say that, but nobody cares. What they, they've got a five gigahertz. Say, say it because we got to get paid. We there gotta are get some nerds, get those damn there are nerds in the audience oh, God. who care. They care all that right. it has, they, they now have th- a third five gigahertz radio. A third radio. Yes, it's tri-band, twice as fast as a predecessor, and uh, I mean that's that's pretty cool. I think twice yeah, as fast. Sure. It, it has uh, so it increased speed and range. But it's, you don't get you go, don't get weird dropouts. You like right? normally it used to be, and I can't promise it's going to be like this. Everybody's house is different. We live in a small place, but it used to be that there were areas of the house where there would just be like spectral energy, and there was a ghost there, so we couldn't get Wi-Fi there for some reason. <laughs> the ghost was using it. It was the ghost was on our guest network. The, the problem also is that you get you get the dropouts, but then you also get these like mystery meet slowdowns because it's like kind of poorly passing you off from one AP to another, mm-hmm. and you get these weird dropouts. I don't get that with Arrow. I get really really solid internet throughout the house and downstairs now because it's literally a mesh. That's awesome. I like it's a the very mesh. good product. Physically, though, this thing is very small. It sits flat on the surface. It's going to be bigger than your Apple TV, but mm-hmm. uh, but not that much bigger. And it but plugs smaller in than a Nissan. Much smaller than an well. I would say what I'm trying to think. I don't even think about it anymore. It's it's bigger than an Apple TV. It's bigger than a new Apple TV and smaller than an old Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the size of a, of most pucks. But what's it's nice about unobtrusive. that is a lot of these like uh, Wi-Fi routers that you see, they're huge and they're bulky and they look like a spaceship. They look like a oh, they you can, know they got all the antennas. Yeah. It looks like something from Avatar. Yeah, no one wants that, and nobody wants that. These connect over Ethernet or wirelessly in any combination, and uh, it even has an additional f- what's called a thread radio mm-hmm. for low power. Device. I don't know what that means, but I, now I've said it. I've said it. So boring. Now they have to pay us. Look, do you want? They can't get let, out of Let's talk about now. something important. Do you want Wi-Fi in your house, like a person, like a gentleman, like an adult? You need to get you an arrow, and you need to get these beacons. And it's, it's nice because it can be like a little nightlight too. I like it's that. It's great. I, I can tell when one of them has gotten unplugged. Like if somebody has carelessly unplugged one, I notice the difference very, very quickly. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I just plug it back in and boom, everything just goes. So you're going to get a free free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada by visiting Eero.com, which is spelled E-E-R-O, Eero.com. And at checkout, you'll select overnight shipping. And then there'll be a little place where you can enter the code back to work. It's one word, back to back work. Back to work. And you'll you'll make it free overnight shipping. So if you want, if you're listening to this show right now, and you think to yourself, "I want this thing tomorrow," you can have it tomorrow. What? That's you insane. Can have it tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm going to give them that. They can run with that. I love you tomorrow. 
Eero.com. Code to use is back to work for free overnight shipping, but only to the U.S. and Canada. Don't go mm-hmm. crazy with that. Yeah. And that's it. So thanks very much to Eero for supporting Back to Work. Merlin, Xavier Man. Fuck, fuck. They don't have pho today. They're closed. Pho place is closed on Tuesday. Tuesdays. I'm making Chinese food instead. What are you going to get? Um, I'll probably get some wonton soup, like war wonton soup, and I might get some, I might, I might get some chow mein, although I probably shouldn't. Mm. Make sure they Should do it without MSG. We don't, don't have it with the MSG. No, I love the MSG. Oh. I, I bought actual real Japanese <laughs> MSG in a little panda. I had it delivered to my house. Yes, you told me about the panda. It was on, it was on my Instagram. It's nice. Oh God. All right. Um, let's see what else we've got. We got, we could go to a, uh, listener question. Yeah. Um, we could give some advices. I don't think we've done these. Did we do? Oh God, these are, there's so many that are so heavy. They're yeah, heavy they're, and they're complex. <laughs> we've been getting a lot of serious mail. Oh my God, serious mail. And also, oh God, what was the amazing one we got? We got some of the dinglings are back, and we had a really good dingling one. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> it was so. It was the it was the guy. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, here he is. Okay. <laughs> uh, attention workaholics. Did you see the one? The, the Tess Tess wants us to have this guy on. Did you see what he invented? Uh no, I didn't. This it's, it's the twenty four six lifestyle. I'm I'm loading it right now. Oh yes, 20- I did read this one, and I like that it's also addressed to to just to me, just to you. That's Hi okay. Dan. Yeah, don't say his name. I don't want to give him any publicity. He, he's a workaholic, and here's his idea. Um, <laughs> until he hit rock bottom and emergency surgery. Um, I mean, it sounds bad. So you know what he invented? What? Sabbath. He invented that? That's his idea. <laughs> He's going to have to run with that. In his new book, Diddly D, he breaks down the myths around productivity and offers a startlingly simple solution. The Sabbath. The they Sabbath. take a day off. That's his idea. He has a book about taking a day off. A success <laughs> Sabbath. So you can take a day off. Seven seven steps to a success Sabbath, right? But he's got he's got three main parts to the book. Part one is about the twenty four seven life. Oh. Part two is the value of a hard break. Part three, a success Sabbath. Yeah, a success Sabbath. It's a step by step plan to prepare for and make the most of a weekly hard break in your life. He also tackles it's other topics. He's got a book, Dan. He's got a book like seven steps to a success Sabbath. Why don't Americans like vacations? Hmm. This is your brain on downtime. Hmm. Work less, produce more. A CEO who pays employees to go on vacation and other hmm. unusual tales. That's unusual, those tales. I thought, oh, man, I used to be 500 pounds overweight. I was getting high all the time and I did all of my dishes in the bathtub. But now I've got a new brain. <laughs> new brain! <laughs> uh huh. I thought all employees who worked at regular companies got paid vacations. Don't give the book away. Okay. I mean, you know, the idea of taking a day off, especially on like a like a, a weekend, mm-hmm. that's really, he's, he's changing the game. Yeah, it's innovative. Yeah, a CEO who pays employees. Okay, good, 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 good. Chief strategy officer. Good for him. Thanks, Tess. Thanks for the heads up. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I mean, I wouldn't Plus. quite qualify that as li- listener mail. No, I that's you know what? For a variety mail. of reasons, your app's absolutely... Right. Oh, just so tired and hungry. Um, let's see. Okay. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Um, did we do Did we do a listener, Nick, dealing with big life transitions? See, again, it's all big. 
did we do this one? Had a topic I'd really love for you to discuss. I don't Graduating know. college in the next few months, moving to New so. York City from. It felt like we did that one. I feel like we did that one. You know what? I'll tell you what. I want to eat. Let's give some freestyle advice. All right. Let's give some freestyle advice. Yeah. What do you, what's on, what's, what's going on in your neck of the woods? What, what's the advice that you're thinking about right now? <sighs> well, you're going to turn it like that. Um, no, I can, I can do it. I can do it well, as no, well. I'll this t- is not I'll, something we had planned for. We had I'll not. tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell yeah. you. Um, one of the things that I have found that I have neglected to do is, uh, is taking breaks throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes get into this thing where I feel like if I push through without really taking a break, uh, that, that I'll, I'll get it done and somehow this will make me like end the day sooner. I'll be able to leave to go home earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like work really hard and I'll kind of like eat lunch at the desk and just keep pushing through and I'll get it. But it, I found it, it never, it never happens. Um, and it's taken me a long time to like really realize that that's, that's not working and that taking breaks is better. Even if you're taking a break to, you know, to just go on a lot of people. And I asked people on Twitter about this. I said, what do you, what do you do to kind of break up the day? What do you do to kind of, um, reset yourself? And a lot of people said, and obviously they don't live in Texas or Florida, but they said, Oh, I, I go out and take a walk in the middle of the day afternoon. Uh, you know, and that's something that's, that's really nice. It's even just a 10 minute walk, five minute walk, your, your body starts moving, your blood starts pumping, you get into a different mindset. And a lot mm-hmm. of the time I find if I'm working on fixing some kind of problem, or I'm trying to think of something I need to, to write in a certain way or whatever, you can go and do that. And, and that reset really does really help. Another thing that, that if, you know, if like me, you're in a place that gets to be a hundred degrees and walking outside means you need to immediately go and take a shower. Uh, sometimes playing uh, a video game or looking at something creative or using a different part of your brain, not just taking a break by, you know, okay, I'm going to command tab and read some news on Safari. That doesn't count. You know, like you've got to decouple and do something different. Um, one of my friends uh, colors in those like adult coloring books because now you're like moving your hand in a different way, and you're looking at colors, and you're looking at something in a in a different in a different mindset, in a different part of your brain. And it, yeah, but you're, but you're really being purely visual and putting your hands to it, right? And so part of that for me was like, wait a minute, what is it that I like about doing things like that, or even playing Splatoon for ten minutes? You know, and I found that. When you're struggling, this is for me, I wonder if it will apply to other people, but when you're struggling with something and you're working on a problem or you're trying to solve a difficult, you know, mental thing, wrap your head around something or or figure a solution out, that it's almost like your brain can continue to work on that problem if you give your hands and my front of your mind, something else to do. And that when you come, but it has to be something really different from what really you different. It really has like, to be writing something else, reading something else, sitting in the same chair. doesn't count. No, it does not. And, and so that's the, the one thing that I found that really does seem to work for me that even if, you know, and sometimes like it's a hundred degrees and I don't want to go out. Like I said, I'll play some Splatoon. That's a very, very different thing. And also, in in that thing, whether it's coloring something in a comic book or splatting your enemies or whatever, you feel like you've accomplished something. And it's almost like you get whatever that release chemical is in your brain that says, I just won or I just yeah. did something. Even like if an it's endorphin or an something? endorphin, even if it's like I walked around the block and like breathed and moved, I did something and it went well. 
then you're kind of like revitalized. I was reading an article that was talking about how people, I think the article was about like men specifically, but I think this is universally true. Uh, but the study had been conducted mainly with men that if, if you win, then whatever the thing is that you're trying to do, if you accomplish something or if you win, that you're actually, there is, the, your mindset changes and you're more likely to be successful at the next thing that you try. That's interesting. I think that's what happens with the Warriors. I think that's why it takes them a while. It takes them until the third quarter to really get going sometimes. I, it probably is. Yeah, they get real good in the third quarter for some reason. But it's like mini... You little, need to win. You need to win. You need to win. And it's yeah. like having little mini accomplishments that you get. Even if it's something that seems trivial and maybe isn't that hard to do, you can say, I've, I've accomplished this thing. I won this thing. I can now face this other thing that felt harder. That's good. Have you played Zach Gage's new game, the pocket pool game? Oh, no, I have not. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's on the App Store. It's it's really fun. It's The physics of it are really fun. It's basically just playing pool, but you, you adjust where you want the cue to go and how hard you hit it. I saw a, really a little game. video of this. Who, who makes this again? Zach Gage, he did stuff like he did really bad chess, um, stuff like that. He's very, very talented. Um, pocket that, r- pocket uh, run pool. Game. Pocket run pool. Pocket run pool. Um, in the in the show notes. So so your 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 tip or advice is in some ways to like break. You gotta have, you gotta have what uh, what that author calls a hard break. Mm. I mean, <laughs> kind of. That's right. No, but I really almost all of mine are very similar. Actually, um, my little quickie tippies. Um, I agree with you. Um, it's a little bit of a um, not monkey mind what am I saying lizard brain kind of thing yeah. where like you feel like oh if I just you know if I make myself angrier and more upset and more I'll get more work done and like gosh it really takes a presence of mind to drag yourself away from that and I, f- I feel that with stuff like you know looking at Twitter like we'll, we'll be like as a family like sit around and everybody's looking at screens and there's nothing wrong with that that's a big part of winding down is like having dumb reality TV in the background and we're all doing our various things um you know, one of mine is like we've been doing more stuff with um, in our yard slash garden. Like, you know, we went to um, went to Home Depot over the weekend, got some new plants and planted them. My kid, like who never wants to go anywhere, has now started like going out in the yard by herself. I know this doesn't sound like a big deal to anybody who's in their 50s, but kids want to play video games. They don't want to go in the yard. And more right. and more, she's really like wanted to go out there and That's get great. dirty in the yard. That's awesome. And it's good for me because I tend to, I will wear maybe my watch, but I don't bring my phone out with me. Yeah. And I'm less tempted to just kind of dip back into the stream of things. And I, I get into it and we dig around and we sit in the hammock and it's, it's really fun. Um, so just kind of piggybacking on your idea of, of a break, you really do have to kind of mindfully say, I'm going to go do this other thing now. I, I think that's really important. It's not enough to just, you know, turn your head a little bit. You need to like maybe even change clothes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, related to that, uh, reminding myself to get down on the floor and play with my kid more. Yeah. Like to do something on the floor, whether that's playing Uno or wrestling around or whatever. Yeah. It's a different point of view of what your house looks like. And it's a, a way to say that like, I'm now engaged in this thing that we're doing. I'm not going to sit here and just like entertain in my, I'm not going to entertain the child in my usual seat, like get down and do their thing. Uh, other one is, um, I don't know. This goes back to the beginning of the show, but it's such a time everybody's tired everybody's shagged out uh there's so much acrimony uh i'm I'm not saying you should go out and be like fake happy or something but i think in these times of acrimony and division um look for opportunities for empathy and enthusiasm like you don't have to be a weirdo 
but like look for opportunities to do and not do things in your life out of empathy for other people, how they feel, how they might feel, how you could be a better person by deciding to do something empathetic like that. And try to find things that you can be enthusiastic about. Find little projects for yourself that you can get excited about. This is nothing very uh, groundbreaking. It's basically like inventing the Sabbath. But um, (laughs) it's easy to realize you're not that enthusiastic or empathetic anymore and to try and find ways. One way I will do that is uh, sometimes I will go out of my way to go find people whose emails I haven't responded to in a while where I just wanted to say thank you and say something nice. I might do that sometimes on Twitter where I'll just go instead of going like, I've already seen this. I might go in and say, like, hey, thank you for sending that. I appreciate that. Something where you uh, just do an unnecessary kindness for someone and find something that you can be enthusiastic about that isn't just like a TV show. Um, and that could be something like a garden. But like whatever it is, like get a little project. It could be like cleaning out the garage for that matter. But um, remind yourself to be empathetic and enthusiastic at least a couple times a day and uh, you become a better person. A little bit. You become a little less of a bad person. And that's really all we can That's the best for, we can hope for. This is the, literally the best we can hope for. Mm-hmm. All right. Think we helped enough? Yes, more than enough. Yeah. Too much. All right. All right, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.